Good morning and hello again today. Leaving cert or no leaving cert? That is the question. Hairdressers urge reopening sooner rather than planned. Archbishop Eamon Martin on keeping the faith during the COVID crisis. Charlie Bird joins our discussion on the language we use about older people. Non-jury courts. The Bar of Ireland examines alternatives for dispensing justice. Richard Curran on those worrying exchequer figures. In the UK, lockdown professor steps down after breaking the rules to meet his married lover. Uh, GP Maura Finn on how men should mind their health. Christy Dignam of Aslam tells us how he, Aslan tells us about his lockdown anthem. And My Wild Atlantic Kitchen, Maura Foley's splendid compendium of recipes and stories and wonderful pictures. Email today at sor at rte.ie. Text us on 51551 and you can also tweet at today sor. Well later in the programme uh, in our second hour, our regular GP Dr Maura Finn will be talking to me about the new directives issued to GPs about COVID testing. We'll also chat about men's health in general, the health issues that affect men, the reasons why men don't present as early as they should with symptoms of cancer and heart disease, also the health issues that might easily be missed among male patients. So if you've got a query about men's health, text us on 51551 or email today, sor at rte.ie. Now this morning, representatives of students, parents, teachers and school management will be meeting with the Department of Education to discuss plans for this year's Leaving Cert exams, and we're also told that the Minister for Education, Joe McHugh, will be there to discuss all scenarios. The official government line is that the exams will proceed on the 29th of July, but many, including the Fianna Fáil party, have called for the cancellation of the exams. So, what can we expect from today's meeting? What do parents and teachers want to see happening? I'm joined now by two principals Sharon McGrath, principal at Fingal Community College, and by Colm O'Rourke, principal of St Patrick's Classical School in Navan. We've heard from both of them in the past week or so uh, about this ongoing uncertainty and I'm joined as well by Paul Rolson Communications Director of the National Parents uh, Post-Primary uh, Council. Um, thank you all indeed for joining us. Um, first of all if I can turn to you Colm what is your reading of the situation as it stands now? Well in the midst of such uncertainty as we have had and the Good Friday announcement by the Minister I think that it caused widespread disillusionment among teachers and students and I think at this stage what we need is absolute certainty to be brought to it and I think the best certainty that would be brought would be to abandon the leave insert altogether and to go with predicted grades. It's something I have said from the start that if you weren't going to have the exams in June I think you'd be better off abandoning them altogether. Go for the predicted grades because if we go with this leaving cert in August, for most of August, it will disrupt the start of the school year. It will impact on the present fifth-year students who have actually missed a lot of time and uh, because the teachers would be needed to mark the tests in September. So you could have complete disruption of next year's school year. So I think the leaving cert in late July and August is a non-runner. Okay, stay with us, Colm. I want to turn to Paul Rolson now, as I say, Communications Director with the National Parents Council Post-Primary. I know your President May Fanning will be at this meeting today. What are you hoping, what do you want to see emerging? Uh, Good morning, Sean. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's very clear from all commentary and generally accepted, I think, that the 29th is, uh, in the current circumstances, just not feasible. Uh, And certainly uh, health and welfare of students and of all of those involved in the, in in those potential exams, it's just impossible to to ensure. So, what we are looking for is an absolute commitment that other options will be 
looked at today. And primarily what we really want in, in, the, in view of the ongoing and increasing stress on the students and on their parents as well, uh, that there, there is a definitive conclusion date given and there are clear routes and options towards the completion of that. Um, there has been a variety of other options uh, that have been floated, which can be possibly combined or utilised. Uh, Colin there has mentioned uh, uh, estimated grading or, or structures like that, which may be combined with exams. There are a number of options that have been mooted. They need to be uh, properly explored and quickly because the stress is just continuing to build. So That's perfectly understandable. And uh, I want to turn now to Sharon McGrath, Principal, as I say, of Fingal Community College in Swords in North County, Dublin. What do you think will happen today, Sharon? Um, I think that, that the department are in an unenviable position. I think that they um, have found themselves in a situation not of their making, but they haven't. They, the cancellation of the Leaving Cert today does not bring certainty. What we need is a viable and understandable plan B. That cancelling it in a vacuum is not what we want, although I do think cancelling it is going to be the ultimate, um, is going to be the end of this. We are going to cancel it in its current format, but we need to get around the table and we need to decide how we can best serve the students who are genuinely um, uh, suffering um, uh, significant anxiety as well as their families. So cancelling it needs a plan B before we announce the and you, you, you seem pretty convinced, do you, that uh, it will be called off in its Well, I, I, I don't know, Sean. I'm not around that table. But I think that uh, even if we found the, log- the answers to the logistical problems that we spoke about last week, that doesn't bring any certainty because the public health is paramount. So even if they said we have ironed out all the the logistical and practical um, difficulties. We still can't guarantee. Nobody knows what the 29th of July will bring. So even by ironing all of those things out and by having an answer to all those questions, we still can't guarantee that the exam will go ahead, nor the two weeks prior teaching, because that will depend on public health. So I feel for that reason, it is best now to go for plan B. And I would draw a distinction between predicted grades, which I understand has a significant teacher input, and I would not favour that. For a variety of yeah, reasons. can I can I pause you on that? I want to come back to you and to Colm again on that particular issue yeah. as to what is meant by these different kinds of yeah. grades. But I want to bring in a parent now. Diane O'Neill joins us from Wexford. You've you've got a Leaving Cert student in your in your family. Um, how is your daughter uh, dealing with all of this uncertainty and the, and the stresses that are there? Good morning, Sean. Um, my daughter is working very hard at the moment. And their school, the presentation school in Wexford, is very, very supportive and they have a very good remote teaching system in place. So she is working hard and getting through her work as best she can. But just recently, um, you know, we've been having conversations and I just, as a psychotherapist myself as well too, I suppose I'm looking out for the mental health impact of my daughter in this as well. Um, She wants to do her exams herself, but as this goes on longer and longer, it's it's impacting her belief in herself that she will be able to perform well in the exam after missing like the last three months of school um, and the interaction with her peers and being able to compare and contrast how they're getting on with her studies. 
And, you and know, what what does she hope to do uh, post leaving cert? She hopes to do occupational therapy. Now she has applied for uh, the UK as well as uh, the colleges here in Ireland. There's only three colleges in Ireland that do it. The points are very high, and um, so she made the um, decision to apply through UCAS as well. So for that UCAS application, the teachers have to predict grades for her, for that application. So I guess as a parent, I wonder, can that be used in some way? Do you know what I mean? Because she worries yeah. herself now that she will not be doing enough to perform as well as what she had hoped. So what do you think is the best way forward? For me, as a mother, um, I feel, so obviously we can't have any certainty at the moment. We don't know, as some of your other speakers there have said, we don't know on the 29th of July what way it's going to be. And we don't, because everything is so uncertain. So I would feel definitely a more clear plan B to be set out by the Department of Education to um, ease the stress and worry for the leaving first students that are, my girl is lucky, she's She's in a very good position, I guess, but there's a lot of students are in very difficult positions and school may have been their only safe place to be and they're not in that place at the moment. So they're trying to work in that, um, you know, so a, de- a definite plan B if possible. And I would be more for maybe moving towards predictive grades of some kind with maybe an exam as well, you know, combine a combination of both so that she can have a rite of passage after all her hard work okay. and express, express that in the exam as well, you know. Uh, Sharon McGrath, if I can come back to you, uh, you were starting to say, you know, you have distinction between predictive grades and other kind of grades. Uh, so wh- what exactly do you think is the best way to deal with this? Okay, I, I'm labelling the idea as um, expected grades, and it's not my idea. It's, it's an idea that, obviously, as principals, we speak uh, about these things all the time. Um, so an expected grade is based on the data that uh, all schools hold. And somebody at the weekend in the, in the media said, we're data-rich uh, organisations, and we are. We have a lot of information based on how the we've evidence. We have grades from five years, six years in some cases, but certainly if we just look at the last two years, we have a significant amount of information about each student. We also have information about how each individual school has performed in the uh, leaving certificate over the last five years. The, The department has access to that and we have it. So we have the individual students' grades and we have the school's performance um, uh, over the last few years. But I would like to say that the reason we have H1s, H2s, H3s and so on is to enable the CAO to harvest the, the correct students and put them into the, the courses um, as per the amount of points they have. It's like currency. The more points you have, whatever. So they're using those grades. We're using those grades. We're we are preparing students to get a H1, H2, H3, whatever their potential is, to enable the CAO to use that as a measure of who gets into what course. So we're actually marching to the CAO drum here. I think if we get around a table with the CAO and they meet us halfway, and we look at, for this year anyway, disregarding the H1, H2, H3, because they're very narrow uh, measurements of a child's 
value in terms of their academic achievement in that subject. And we widen them to bands. So if we have band one is a student who would be expected on the basis of the information we're holding, that student would be expected to get a band one result, which is somewhere between 80 and 100, or a band two between 60 and 80, or a band three. It widens... It widens it. It doesn't hold the same fear that we're going to make a mistake and put them into a H3 instead of a H4. And the CAO could have that information with them by July. So they have a six-week window that they wouldn't have had any other year to then look at that information and to decide on the basis of the wider bands rather than the narrow grades how students are allocated to the university or college places that they have applied for. Colm O'Rourke, what would you make of that? Well, I'd agree broadly with it. I always think that we're looking here at the least worst option and uh, maybe the leaving cert isn't such a bad test after all when we see the problems that may arise from not running it. So I'd be broadly in agreement with Chardon, but I would take the simplest thing and I would just stick with the results uh, as they are now. And uh, Sharon is quite right, though, to say we have all this information, the Department of Information on where a school stands, where a school performs in terms of national averages. And I think if you take the junior cert result, the mock exam result, uh, I think the, give all that results to the department and the State Exams Commission. Most students would expect to maybe improve by 50 to 100 points from their mock exams to the re-leaving cert test. So give them their grades. It would be the department in the end that would give the final verdict on it. And if one or two or hundreds got into college that mightn't get in and there will be room this year without so many foreign students, if many more got in, well, good luck to them. Maybe it would be the break of a lifetime for them. And uh, if they, they didn't do well, they'd be out on their ear after first year in college. Of course, there will be disappointments. There's disappointments every year with people not getting into courses. They can go by a roundabout route. And I would have a fallback position, get the exam results all done and dusted in July and have an exam in August in every subject, which is happening at the moment for people, for example, where there's bereavements in family, they can repeat the exam later. Have a repeat exam in August for anyone who wishes to take their chance on the exam. And I think it would be small in number and I think that would be a very fair outcome for everyone. That's very interesting. So they would have the option of sitting a full leaving cert uh, if they weren't happy with what emerged from whatever uh, system of calculating calculating the results was based on existing information. Maybe just one subject or two subjects. I think that would be a better option yeah. for everybody. Okay, to come back to you, uh, Paul Olson of the Parents Council, do you think there's the basis of a fair arrangement? Because this, ultimately, we heard yesterday from Brian Mooney on the programme, uh, y- even though we've no cultural tradition or, or past uh, experience of dealing with predictive grades, but do you think there's the, the basis or the genesis of some sort of a fair alternative there in what we've heard from, from Colm and Sharon? Absolutely, and I think that there's a number of good ideas outlined there. Uh, there is also uh, the option, potentially, or something that could be considered is a, is a matriculation-style exam where specific courses, etc., may need uh, uh, something specific or interview. Uh, this is bringing the third-level uh, colleges and institutions into play as well. So there are, are, are numerous options that are out there that can be explored uh, and that would be acceptable. Uh, I should say that, uh, that our, our own survey have indicated that almost 75% of parents are absolutely not happy with the current situation and want it to be changed. And as far as I'm aware, 
the Students Union, the ISSU, their surveys are producing similar kind of numbers. So there's huge dissatisfaction with the single option based on the 29th seated exams. Yeah, and just uh, by way of clarification, I think it is the case because some of our listeners are asking, will the students be represented at the meeting today? I they are. They, they will be yes. there, yeah. Yes, um, we, we work closely with the, with the ISSU uh, because obviously there are children. Yeah. Uh, so parents and, and students are, are work very closely together. And Colm to come back to, I mentioned Brian Mooney there earlier. I mean, he had a particular concern yesterday about uh, students who are not in the school system. How might they be catered for? Uh, what do you mean not in the school system? Well, I presume they mightn't be in secondary schools like your own. They would be in uh, what, what are generally known as grind schools, say. Well, yeah, well, the same, same sort of thing would have to apply to them. Everybody would have to give their results, their predicted results to the department. And, of course, there's a huge cohort of people who are not interested in going to college. They just want some type of results because they want to do apprenticeships or get into the world of work. So the system that they come up with today has to solve the puzzle for all students, not just those who may wish to go to college. Yeah, and uh, there's the one, again, I suppose, you know, repeat students. Uh, Can you predict grades for them? Yeah, well, again, uh, um, teachers are professionals. They will predict the grades for them. But I think it's important that the final and definitive answer comes from the inspectorate. And it wouldn't take long for people sitting around with all the results that they have and the school's performance over years and the national averages uh, I think that it would be an easy enough process. It is worth doing for one year in these exceptional circumstances. OK, well, look, we'll see what happens. We'll be watching events and no doubt reporting them on our subsequent programmes, uh, Drive Time and 6-1 and all the other programmes. we leave it there for now. My thanks to the four of you, uh, Paul Olsen, Colm O'Rourke, Sharon McGrath and Diane O'Neill, mother of a Leaving Cert student. Thank you all. We'll talk about the possible earlier reopened than planned uh, of hairdressing salons after this break.